Hey everyone, it's Alicia Toot, back with our very first KnotFest Heavy Conversations of the year. Now, I know that Larry David would say that I am way past the cutoff point, but I do have to say a very happy new year to everyone who's watching, those listening, and of course, to today's panel of Daniel Decay and Ryan J. Downey. And let me tell you, the heavy metal universe is kicking this year off with a bang. But before we actually get into it, how is 2023 been for you two? Hey, you know, I love Larry David as much as you do. And I think it's acceptable as long as it's still January and you haven't actually seen the person this year yet. Okay, but so I you think, don't agree with the seventh cutoff? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. I mean, the, the seventh cutoff, really, I think you're supposed to apply it to like people who are regularly in your life. If you see a right. friend on the ninth or the 12th and it's the first time, like, I feel like you can give them a happy new year. Because if you don't, maybe they're going to think you're a dick. That's true. And we don't want to come off as dicks. I mean, most of the time, right? <laughs> There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place. Well, as I had mentioned, the year has only just started, but the festival announcements are coming in heavy, both in quantity and, of course, quality. And now we're getting to see a lot of artists from the heavy metal genre, not only performing at some of them, but also a lot of mainstream festivals, which is super cool to see. And not only that, though, but also being listed as headliners, which is something that we haven't seen a lot of in the past. And a perfect example of that is seeing Foo Fighters, Paramore, Knocked Loose, along with AFI making it to Bonnaroo. So do we love to see it, panel? Let's start with you, Decay. Um, I have, you know, no qualms with uh, heavier bands or bands from our world being on things like Bonnaroo, which like historically I think was supposed to be a hippie festival when it first started. But, you know, it's kind of like how the, all these festivals go. They start very niche and specialized and then kind of open up to the broader spectrum of music. Personally, have no issues with it. But what I will contribute is that when I want to see the bands that I like, the heavier bands, I don't go to Bonnaroo for it. I go to more right. specialty festivals and stuff that's, you know, every band on the bill is geared towards my taste, not just one or two headliners. And then I'm like, you know, bumbling around, not knowing what to do with the rest of my time. <laughs> and Downey, do you kind of see it the same way? Uh, yeah, I think that festivals that are more uh, suited to a particular genre environment tend to be a better place to see a lot of different kinds of bands depending on what your taste is. Uh, interesting thing about Bonnaroo is that, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm kind of a fan of this band Metallica. Mm. And they actually played Bonnaroo on Death Magnetic in 2008. And I was I was looking at an article. And, and, and this, this also, it's like, I mean, obviously Metallica is not only the biggest metal band of all time, arguably, you know, one of the bigger recording acts in history period up there with your Michael Jackson's and Garth Brooks and so on. And back in 2008, Esquire ran an article, five reasons why Metallica will doom Bonnaroo forever. If you like the Bonnaroo music festival, don't read this story as history shows Metallica ruins everything. Right. Bonnaroo was nice knowing wow. you. Number one, they killed Lollapalooza. It's like, I saw Metallica on Lollapalooza. That was like a big deal. Metal fans were upset that they were playing an alternative festival and alternative fans were upset that a metal band was headlining their festival. That was in the 90s. And I'm pretty sure Lollapalooza still exists and is like still a thing and doing fine. So, I mean, the idea that like putting this in a festival or that in a festival is going to kill it or hurt it, hurt it at all, I think is silly nonsense. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a victory for these bands when they get an opportunity to play in front of these big crowds. Coachella's always been really smart and diverse about that. They always have their like three or four 
you know, oddball, super extreme bands there. And, you know, I like to think that maybe some of these bands are gateway drugs, right? Where someone's at the festival yes. just because it's a festival or they're there for the pop acts or whatever. And then there's that one heavy band that blows their minds and is the craziest, heaviest thing they've ever seen or heard. And it gets them interested. So yeah. I, mean, I think it's ultimately a net positive, but I'm like Decay. If I'm really excited to go see a band, I'm not necessarily going to go to one of those festivals well, to do it. It's just like kind of, you know, it's obviously always exciting. Like a band like Metallica, like I'm completely indifferent about what festivals they're playing on because that's, you know, they're their own, they're their own rule book. They, they do whatever the fuck they want. But I mean, for the smaller bands, you know, Knock Loose is a name that came up. It's like awesome because this will be really good crossover for them, even if, you know, they only went over 10% of the non-heavy listening crowd at that festival that's still 20,000 extra fans. It's like really, it's, it's really a big deal for a band like that to get the opportunity. But as a, as a spectator, like for me, part of festivals is, is also meeting people, not just seeing a bunch of bands. It's like, Oh shit. Like there's going to be 10,000 like-minded people in the same place. So I don't want to have to go to a festival with a hundred thousand people at it to find my 10,000. I'd rather go to more specialized <laughs> festival and find my, my 10 K. Like when I walk in the door and they're all standing there like, Hey, you're here. <laughs> That's kind of like the vibe. I, I, festivals are great for that. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I definitely see where you two are coming from because you've always been very well immersed within this heavier genre and world. And for me, I came from a place where it was a lot of indie rock and pop bands. And then I made my way, I've always loved metal, but made my way into this way heavier now. So for me, seeing bands got festival like that, it's kind of cool because I can see my electronic and then dance for a little bit, then see someone heavy and then see a pop bark act and kind of mingle my way throughout all of those different avenues and genres rather than just being set to one. So I think you have that other other side of it too where there are a lot of people who are dabblers within their everyday music and you can see um, I remember it was Coachella and I was able to see Lord one second then New Order the next and I thought this is awesome being like front row for New Order at Coachella and then a second later seeing another huge pop star but way at the back so I like the diversity in that sense but you're right when it does come to community it's a little bit harder to relate to everybody if you are used to hanging around the same kind of crowds for sure I, everyone's nodding <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went to Coachella, I, I cruised in right before Ice Cube and got a really great spot by myself, watched Ice Cube's entire set. And he brought out the game. He brought out Dre. He brought out all these like amazing guests. And then Guns N' Roses, which I think was their third show back with mm -hmm. Slash and Duff. It was like Ice Cube, all these amazing guests, GNR. And then I went home and it was awesome. That's all you needed though, right? That was your fill. <laughs> all I needed that year. <laughs> Well, of course, we're talking about a bit of the crossover there, but as I mentioned earlier, a lot of other festivals too have been announced. Are there any in specific that really caught your eye that are heavier where you'll be happy from start to finish? How about you, Downey? I mean, I know it's going to sound like we're shilling and in some ways we kind of got to get it out of the way anyway, but not Fest Australia, which I know we've talked about on the show before. Yeah, it looks insane. Crazy. Not Fest Japan looks insane. Uh, and this again, if whether or not we were uh, shilling for notfest.com or not, <laughs> I would be talking about how those festivals look killer. I mean, obviously Slipknot, which is always an amazing live show. Uh, I've been Office Australia also has Megadeth, um, Spirit Box, who I still have yet to see live. And I love that band. Uh, I mean, just, you know, knocking it out of the park with these Notfest lineups. There's just no denying it. And D, how about you? 
Um, yeah, there's like a bunch of really good fests I'm stoked on this year. Um, I mean, we're talking about crossover. Like, it's not like there's no heavy festivals that don't cross into, you know, other, other genres without having to get to the massive Coachella and Bonnaroo size. Um, a big one for me that I'll, I'll do every single year without even seeing the lineup is Psycho Vegas. Um, they, you know, from, it's the only festival where you can see Jizza, Drab Majesty, Midnight, High on Fire, Danzig, and Merciful Fate. It's just kind of really covers everything from, you know, rap and electronic all the way to raving till four in the morning and hanging in Vegas and then <laughs> going to see goddamn King Diamond. It's like, really, they cover it all. Um, so I'm really stoked on that. I'll do that one every year, even before they announce a lineup. Um, but in, in the underground, there's some really good ones uh, this year. Um, Hell's Heroes uh, down in Houston happens in March. Um, it's like uh, Possessed is headlining this year with Tom G. Warrior doing two sets, doing a Hellhammer set and a Celtic Frost set. Uh, Violence, mm -hmm. Razor, Pagan Altar, Hallis's first North American shows ever. Ross the Boss doing a Man of War set. And then, you know, all the up-and-comers from more like the trad metal scene, the Haunt, Freeways, Visigoth, Fugitive, the list goes on. That one's like a three-day one in Houston. Um, that replacement for MDF has been announced, Hell in the Harbor. That's pretty cool. Um, kind of uh, happening same time-ish. It's happening in May. Cannibal Corpse, Napalm Death, High on Fire, Goat Horse, Style of Carnage. Like pretty much everything, everything heavy that matters right now. Um Another really good one. I'm actually playing this one. I'm stoked on it. I attended last year playing this year. It's called the Carolina uh, Chainsaw Massacre Fest. Um, <laughs> you guys will love it. It's it's a horror horror and metal crossover festival. That's awesome. So uh, Possessed, Exciter, Incantation. It's actually organized by John from Incantation and his wife, Yo-Yo. Um, yeah. Gruesome, Cloak, Bat, Demiser, Massacre. So all these awesome heavy bands and some more like gore imagey bands. And then uh, like a classic like Comic-Con style convention as well. So like people, you know, actors from Evil Dead and the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Chainsaw Massacre film uh, series and just people from from that industry as well. So you get the, the photo op and the, there's like merchandising and it's like a convention and a heavy metal concert broke out. So it's pretty cool. Um, right. Stoked on that one. And then my uh, big one for the year like the big mainstream festival has got to be hellfest i went for the first time last year it's uh the only festival i've been to that actually feels like its own city it's a it's a permanent structure um so like you know it's it's not just and, like installations maiden, that are put up for one week hellfest this year right yeah dude every like maiden Mo motley yeah. slipknot pantera but also like they do the cool thing about that is they do like the stages are all like there's your main stage, which is your biggest bands, but they've also got like the more like the hardcore and punk stage and they've got more like rock and roll and stone or doom stage and the extreme metal stage. So like you get all those huge bands, but you also get behemoth, dark angel, Meshuggah, but also tenacious D rancid and some 41. It's kind of yeah. like yeah. all, all bases covered and it's like permanent installation. They don't just put it up for a weekend. Uh, it's like a heavy metal Disneyland. It has a Disney <laughs> quality about it. Like everything's themed. The food is themed and the buildings are themed. The retail is themed. It's all really cool. I never realized how actually thematic the whole thing was until you just said that because I've, I've never been. But even when they announce the lineup every single time, I feel like it takes about 20 minutes to digest the whole thing because of mm -hmm. how many acts are on there. It's, it's ridiculous every time. We talked about it last year when they announced um, the 2022 it's, lineup, but it's crazy. It's insane. I had so much fun last year at Hellfest. It's like, 
really not only just curated really well like that that element of like permanent installation they've spent the time and money and and you know there's so much care in the way it's designed it's uh it, it's its own city it really literally is its own city it's very cool i want to go and what was the name of the second fest that you mentioned the like comic-con one just to shut it out uh, again. so Ca- carolina chainsaw massacre and okay. there's hell in the harbor which is like the maryland death fest kind of replacement fest sort of i don't know if they're want it to be branded that way but it sure feels that way it's in the same city <laughs> around the same time with the same type of bands and uh that first one in houston is hell's heroes those are my those are my big like those okay. are my musts and then you know the other ones fall into place but those are my must sees or must play whatever i love those ones right yeah, no, and, I- and if, sorry i was gonna say as far as the uh the bigger festivals the euro festivals that you mentioned obviously hellfest download this year is metallica slipknot bring Stacked. me ghost placebo it's stacked always stacked and i've I've been to download it a couple of times and it's always amazing and of course it's the site of the legendary castle donington and the old donington festival we're gonna be hella busy this summer that's intense (laughs) oh my gosh and then one that actually wasn't mentioned that really caught my attention because i feel like I'm going to say when I go, because I just want to go that badly. Uh, but Sonic Temple is back after a few years away. And that one, too, just has the most ridiculous lineup in terms of those heavy hitters one after another. Like on that one, there's Tool, Chevelle, Kiss, Foo Fighters were added to it, Deftones, and Rob Zombie. So it's a cool yeah. crossover, too, because you kind of have hardcore on one stage, heavy metal on the next, Gloomy Shoegaze on another one. And you can kind of end your night with these iconic, legendary rock status bands. And I think that's the cool thing about festivals too is you really do kind of get your bang for your buck because when are you going to be able to see people of those names one after another within the span of a weekend so um another yeah. shout out to them as well because that one was fantastic too yeah that's sort of the successor festival right to rock on the range um i mean it really did change its name and ownership changed a little bit but it's essentially the, the same thing which is certainly i mean i think it's the biggest in terms of just straight rock it's probably the biggest rock festival in America. Um, and, you know, and it's, uh, I think Beartooth is there, their home state. Uh, but yeah, the lineup for that is just nuts and crazy. And every every serious XM octane band is playing that show. For real? There's, there's, there's been like a, like, a, like a change of the guard and kind of a passing of the torch with some of these like mid to larger American open airs. And because I wanted to plug like, something that deals in more like 80s rock and hair metal because there used to be like a couple good ones but my go-to is like m3 which lineup's not sick enough to tell everyone to go to m3 this year they're kind of like they've started booking the other versions of bands like instead of booking la guns they're booking riley's la guns like shit like that so (laughs) immediately immediately like that's just kind of out for me it doesn't matter you can you know get kicks to headline i'd rather just watch kicks like 14 times in a row if we can be real but um, there's one that hasn't announced its lineup yet. It's been around forever, Rocklahoma and prior Oklahoma. Yes. And it's the same kind of like circuit as a lot of that, like Sonic Temple and Rock on the Range. Gets a lot of the same headliners, but every year they manage to also incorporate like a huge amount of like 80s hair metal. Like they'll have like your your Sebastian Bach and Cinderella and White Snake and type stuff on there mixed in with everything else. And I'm I'm holding out for that uh, for that lineup because I need an I need an American like hair metal festival this year because I don't think I'm going to do M3 so bring it on Rocklahoma I'm waiting for that lineup. <laughs> Give us the '80s, please, all of it. Yes, please, all of it. What about oh, what yeah. about the, what about the cruises? Do you guys get into get into the cruises? Fuck yeah! I've never done a cruise ever, and I want my first one so badly to be a heavy metal cruise. 
So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, there have been some stellar ones that have been announced. I'm just kind of pulling some stuff up now as we talk. But 70,000 um, tons. 70,000 tons has almost their whole lineup announced as okay. of now, which is hilarious because it leaves in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, they're still announcing bands. Damn. But the that one's that one's rad for uh like metal and then for more like hard rock and hair metal, the monsters of rock cruise is fucking stupid good. Like that's always a really good time. The the people are great, the bands, the booking is amazing. Um, that one's awesome. Seventy K is uh overwhelming. It's like they have sixty bands on that. Wow. Sixty bands in four days. The bands start at like ten in the morning and go till like fucking three or four AM. It's really crazy. That Those one's wild. That yeah. I mean I'm I looking like, right now. Sorry, go ahead. I take like two I take like two weeks off off if I'm going on a one week long cruise because it's a <laughs> week of cruising and then a week of actually recovering. Damn. No, you, even on Shiprock is starting this weekend too. So just I'm from surprised the jump. you're not already booked on Jericho's rock and wrestling cruise. Yeah, come on, Alicia. Like one for you. <laughs> What's funny is I was actually gonna text him just to see because I, I would really love to do that. The the crossover would be beyond belief. It's so Fozzy, of course, Quiet Riot, uh, whatever the Quiet Riot lineup is right now. I think yeah. Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative is in Quiet Riot. Uh, Raven, there's a Kiss tribute band, and then of course there's all the uh, wrestling oh. aspect of that. I've only done one cruise, uh, and oddly enough, it's funny because we're, we're talking about festivals. Coachella did a cruise one year, and I went on the Coachella cruise. This was like, gosh, probably t- I think 2012? Okay. So yeah, over 10 years ago. Who was running that? Um, it was... Uh, the good news for me as an attendee was that um, not very many people attended. So it was really easy to like walk around and like you could, you could wander the the decks and <laughs> not see anyone for a few minutes at a time. I mean, relative to what you would think Coachella being the biggest music festival in the world. So, you know, they only did it the one year, but um, I got to see Pulp, which was amazing. It's the only time I've That's seen cool. <laughs> and uh, Sleigh Bells was really rad. Slaybells know how to throw a crazy show. I remember seeing them in Toronto a few times. And as they were going into Real Real, uh, it felt like the floor lifted into the middle eight. Like it was a baffling experience. They're so good. This was this was that, but on a boat. So (laughs) you were literally feeling yourself crazier. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, and that was fun. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of those cruises, there's like just regular cruise people intermingled with. The people that are there for like the event i don't know if, i don't know i don't think that's always the case I think, I think sometimes the boat is just people at the metal show or whatever but um but it's always really funny the juxtaposition of just like you know regular grandpa and grandma and then this Christian. influx of just like black shirts coming your way yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i imagine but yeah oddly enough the only one i've done uh wasn't wasn't a metal cruise but i was there surprising. with metal dudes uh because yeah um sleigh bells is Derek from Poison the Well and uh, one of the other guys from Poison the Well was playing second guitar and then Jeff the singer was there and I was just there. <laughs> just hanging. My only cruise experience. <laughs> They're fun, well, man. I, lo- I love that. I love that. Lo- it's like, it's like same as, it's the same reason I go to Psycho Vegas. It's like, not just because of the amazing booking, it's the location. It's like, you're on a floating five star hotel. Like, it's mm. fucking awesome. It's like, hey, we're docked today. You go like, hang at Turks and Caicos for a couple hours and then hop on the boat and see Slayer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like pretty cool, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that was crazy. This one went started in Florida and went to the Bahamas and back. And uh, I remember, 
I remember figuring out this is how this is how little I know about cruises. I'm like, why is it taking us three days to get to the Bahamas, but only a day to get back? Like that's weird. And then like you know the the ship's captain was like, well, because we're cruising there, like we're not trying to get there like as quickly as we can. We're cruising. That's such a good point. I've we never can get there in half a day. We're we're going. We're taking. Three we're days easing in, but. Like like any vehicle oh, or vessel, it has multiple speeds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a thought. Yeah, weird. Oh my gosh. It took, I, I guess I should be used to it because in LA, you know, you can drive an hour and a half somewhere and then twenty minutes to get home. So, kind of the same. Life. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you're learning those lovely pains of it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, lear learning when not to not to go anywhere, and then would get all right. We got a two hour window. Get everything done right now. Yeah. Yep. Wild. Yep. We definitely ran over some of the awesome festivals that are on the horizon, but it's not only festivals that have been fantastic as of late because songs and records are, of course, still being released into 2023. So I'd love to hear what are some records or songs that you are loving at the moment. Decay, take it away. Um, Last week on Friday, the new Screamer record dropped and Screamer is like, uh, uh, first off, super good friends of mine some of the sweetest human beings ever known them for well over a decade and uh this is their latest record and it's by far their best um traditional heavy metal a lot of uh like rock rock and roll sensibility in the riffing like traditional riffing um really melodic like all the time there's tons of melody going on harmonies on guitar leads and stuff uh big like soaring uh dickinson-esque vocal like really 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 uh stellar band and uh, their new record's called kingmaker and that's screamer from sweden and it just uh came out on steam hammer on friday and it fucking rules okay and then how about you downey madness and i know we both always love learning about those bands from your decay every time we do this i'm like immediately like mental like, note like, Yo, you'll love Scream. screamer's really good screamer's really good like everyone should everyone should really check out screamer it's a really good band awesome well, one of my uh, many favorite death metal turned melancholic, gloomy, doomy, poppy bands, Catatonia has a new record coming out this week. And uh, there are three songs from it out already. Uh, the first one is a single called Birds. And uh, it's cool. It's chill. It's cool. <laughs> nice and nice and sad. I've been trying to get into the Billy Valo record and it hasn't grabbed me yet, but maybe it will. But I've been listening to that a little bit too. That's something that always hurts my soul when there's a release that you're really excited for, an artist you love, and then they do drop something and you're all over it. And it just takes a moment for you to really connect. Or sometimes you just yeah. don't. Like it's it's a little heartbreaking as a music fan. <laughs> can be. It can be. What, you? what are you listening to? Ooh, well, I know, and we're talking about this last night, actually, and Decay did a review of this album recently, which you guys should definitely check out. Um, but I've been listening to Obituary, and I'm very excited to say, Rats. yeah, for the first time. Not what like, I expected you to say life. at all. I know. <laughs> no one, I know. No one expects it. People are, people are shocked to open the channel and be like, oh, she's on Not Fast? So I get it. But 
But um, no, honestly, I have been loving their new release. I was first listening to um, the single that they dropped, My Will to Live, and it's just a little earworm. Like it hasn't left my head since I first heard it drop. It's crazy sludgy, really vicious growls. Then it kind of ventures off into this world of nostalgia where it hits on a lot of 90s grunge with the distortion and the fuzz with the guitars. And then the entire time, the riffs are just chugging and pounding away. Like it's fantastic. So um, as someone who at first, just loved metal and then eventually got into death metal and a lot of the heavier stuff like them i i love it so That's i can't wait to venture right and i think too because it's like death metal if it's going to be death for me or obituary and those are the those are the kings sorry morbid angel <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry i love how there's an apology in there yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's been really cool right now. <laughs> how dare you uh, yeah, and a little not fest plug. Um, I semi recently did a disc dive episode with Tardy Brothers from Obituary. Uh, the disc dive is where we take an artist and go through their entire discography, album by album. So that should be rolling out on the Notfest channels at some point in the very near future. It was a lot of fun, and I also caught up with Don Tardy, the drummer of the brotherly duo again for my metallica podcast speaking destroy which actually just that episode just dropped this week and uh he's a few years older than me so you know he was uh, you guys think i think i'm old school he got kill them all when it was new and so we talked all about you know just that early discovery and you know as death metal was becoming a thing and uh each of those metallica records coming out and how they sort of coincided with what you know, they were doing and so Pitcherware was forming and stuff and really cool, really fun conversation. I uh I gotta hear I gotta check that one out. I love Don. He's not only just a sick musician, but at any interviews he does, he's really fun. Um but I think the thing that's most exciting about this whole obituary experience is listening to Alicia's enthusiasm in having yes. just discovered obituary yeah. in 2023, 11 albums in. I Alicia, know. I need you hey. to stop no, it's what good. you're doing right now. Yeah. It's incredible. I love it. You have to come over right now. We're listening to Slowly We Rot and Cause of Death. They're first two records. You need to consume these immediately. You're on the obituary train. I'm, Let's I'm, get I'm getting goosebumps right I literally now. have. About no, you're going to love it. To be able to hear slowly we rot for the first time again, you know, it's like I remember when I, I like when I first watched Twin, Twin Peaks, a friend of mine said to me like, "Oh, I wish I could see Twin Peaks for the first time again." It's like one of those things. It's like, no, you're 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 blessed to get to be able to do that. And as we're talking about obituary, literally right before we jumped on to tape this, uh, I was just writing about dying fetus. So it's like you know, when it, they also are in that obituary vein of like it's death metal it's aggressive it's intense but it swings there's groove Those that's what like i love about it like groove. i love something i can nod to and i can actually fully immerse myself in and i i haven't left anywhere and not just been like don't like i can't get it out of my head and that's the beauty of it so as soon as i saw that and of course i know that they have the crazy discography uh, i made a spotify playlist instantly with everything from start to finish and i'm deep diving tomorrow as soon as i start working so yeah i'm i'm and super fun music videos in recent years. I don't know if oh, you've that watched too, eh? Videos, okay, cool. Yeah, they have this great like animated videos with little storylines, and it's a whole new world. And I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> a whole new world. They're truly, truly, uh, the ACDC of death metal. Like everything yeah. you said, Alicia, that you noticed about their sound. You mentioned the guitar tone. You mentioned the slow grooves. You mentioned all that shit. Like that's what they've been doing for thirty plus years. That's their mm. their whole thing. Is that like 
we're a death metal band. We've got the thick growl, you know, the signature tardy growl, but we're known for like Trevor's thick, grindy, like instantly recognizable sludgy guitar tone and those slower mid tempo riffs and the the dawn is like dictates these grooves with the drums like so good that's them that is the obituary sound and they nail it on this record they just dude it's acdc they are the acdc of death metal the most consistent streak in death metal history easily I think what I love so much about discovering it too is you hear of these bands for so long and you just don't have enough time to listen to everybody, especially because I do dabble amongst so many genres for so long. So then once you hear it and you listen and you just close your eyes, you're like, I get it. I understand. I know why you've been around for so long. I know why you've released so many records and I know why I've heard you guys talk about them so much. So I'm here. They fucking rule. They fucking (laughs) rule. They rule. 1990, Cause of Death, perfect album. Perfect album. Like just literally 10 out of 10, like just insane. That's the one you mentioned you were review and I was taking it's, notes. Because it's their I best swear. album. It's insane. It's insane. It's it was what, the it, weirdest a, timing because I straight up was like listening to the new album. Then I saw on your socials, you posted the review right after I was like, great, this is what I'll choose for Not Fest. And then I was thinking to myself, let's see. The, the and then it'll probably let's in a week or two, it'll be a, a disc dive episode talking about each of those records that we're talking yeah. about. I miss, so I miss talking about music like that. So I might yeah. actually start something like that. Yeah bands the three of us could ever bond on the three of us just bonded <laughs> no. on obituary it's pretty funny it's it's like it's not that's it's an amazing commonality right now it really totally. is it's so cool though <laughs> seeing so many people from completely different walks of life being able to bond over something like that that you just wouldn't expect so it is kind of cool yeah and you wouldn't think a band with that name or that imagery or those song titles at face value would be fun but when i think of obituary i think of them as like fun death yeah. metal that's like, a really good in point. The game too. All their yeah. songs, like I'm listening to the songs and I'm like, that's going to be a fucking hell of a mosh part. Like they're a really good live band. They bring yeah. like, they, they just all nail their parts and it just, it grooves, it flows. Like they're a really, really good live band. I just saw them most recently was on, uh, had, yeah, um, a Monomarth and Carcass tour. They were on that and it was just yeah. like, yeah, wow. they're so fucking good. They like, even with like a 35 minute opening set, like they're just so fucking good. Okay, I'm not leaving anymore. This world, like, not that I ever, not that I ever contemplated it ever, but I just keep discovering more and more shit that I just can't stop obsessing over. So, ah, I love it. It makes me just so happy. Anyways, that's all, guys. Sadly, we're we're going out on a fantastic note, though. I've had so oh, much fun are. catching up with you too. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who was watching Nafas Heavy Conversations. Don't forget that you can subscribe to us and follow across all social medias at Notfest and search up Notfest Heavy Conversations on any podcast platform. On behalf of our fantastic hosts Daniel Decay and Ryan J Downey, I've been Alicia Atut, and be sure to hit up Notfest.com for plenty more. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Stay tuned for our obituary cast starting next week. Come soon. <laughs>